You are now entering Frida's world. Join us as we address various issues faced by women of color in the workplace. We'll help you navigate your professional and personal life the Frida way. It's Frida's world. Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Frida's World. It is Wednesday hump day, and I hope you guys are having a great week so far. We only got two days left until the weekend for those of you who um, take the weekend to enjoy yourselves and recoup. I certainly wish that that was the case for me. But unfortunately, when you're trying to run an empire... (laughs) (laughs) It sounds crazy, but I'm trying to take over the world. So that means the weekends are not are not for breaks, really. Um, They're not. Ooh, the depressing sound of that. (laughs) Well, anyways, um, it's Women's History Month. I'm so excited for Women's History Month because just like Black History Month, I feel like it's important to have a Women's History Month to highlight the great achievements and accomplishments of women all over the world. Now, although the same way that I'm black 365 days a year, I'm also a woman 365 days a year. And so, you know, it's something that we celebrate, we should celebrate rather, every single day. However, it is important. It's always important to have the month because now we are able to put others on to the accomplishments and the greatness of women all over the world. So happy Women's History Month to you all. Hopefully we'll be able to have maybe some great segments before the month is over, um, highlighting some women um, who are killing it in the game. So before we get on to the show, I do want to make a couple of announcements. Well, one is that Frida's World Podcast is powered by Frida Women NYC, which is an accessories and apparels line. And Frida Women NYC uses fashion as a platform to help professional women reach their full potential and achieve their desired results. So if you want to know more about Frida Women NYC, go to our website, www. Frida, F-R-E-E-D-A, womennyc.com. Shop the latest accessories. We have some really cute, cute, cute brooches out, some awesome business card holders, fashion statements um, on the website. And we also have information about the other stuff that we're doing. We have an upcoming event on March 21st at Brooklyn, or I keep saying Brooklyn, BK9 Restaurant in Brooklyn, New York. It is a special open mic with, well, created with the professional working individual in mind and it's entitled release your inner creative so the idea behind this event is that there are so many of us that are professional technical by day but we actually have a creative side to us we write poetry we sing songs we tell jokes and it's really hard to really tap into that when you're trying to take over the world and you have families that you're taking care of and you're just pulled in so many directions. And I know for me, I've always been a creative since I was a child. I used to be a musician. I used to write poetry. I used to recite poetry. And I used to do a lot of things. I, I even used to do make stained glass. Um, 
But as I've gotten older and become more and more entrenched into the workforce and taking care of my child and being involved in all sorts of other things, I've really let my creative side go by the wayside. And it's and I think it's important for us to tap into that creativity because that's essentially our essence. And so this open mic night is basically, you know, it's an amateur open mic night. Nobody's competing to be the next top poet or whatever the case is. Um, but it's just an opportunity for those of us who used to be able, you know, who used to write, who used to sing, who used to tell jokes, who used to dance even, to just come together with like-minded professionals and showcase our talent. So this event is taking place March 21st. So Thursday, March 21st. Um, at BK9 Restaurant, 62 Fifth Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11217. And it's from 6.30 to 9.30. So definitely come and support. Tickets are on Eventbrite. It's only $15, guys. We're not trying to break nobody's pockets, but we are going to be providing some food. So, you know, and then the space is gorgeous. So, you can get the tickets at on Eventbrite. You could either type in Free to Women NYC and then you'll see the event pop up. Or you can go to www.fwopenmic1.eventbrite.com. Um, if you didn't get that, follow us on social media. Free to Women NYC. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook. And you'll see the flyers posted up. So that's that for my announcements. Now, to get into the meat of the show, the podcast here. See, I have another show called According to RP on WJMS Radio. And with that, you could also find it on SoundCloud as well. And so I tend to have some of the same talk. I, I'm noticing that I'm kind of transferring the same lingo. Um, so bear with me. But either way, our topic today. So... We are in review season, right? Performance review season. So many of you all who are working in corporate office settings know that there are yearly reviews that take place, interestingly enough, in the spring. So they're not year-end reviews, but they're kind of like, I don't know. I guess they recap the year before in the new year. So many of you guys have already gone through your performance reviews or are currently going through your performance reviews or will be getting a performance review in the near future. And review season is very, very interesting for many and it can be a breaking point for many. And so today we're going to talk about performance reviews and we're going to talk about, um, you know, how to survive a bad or unsatisfactory performance review because it's not a make or break people. I know, and I'm saying this from personal experience because I've received interesting reviews in the past and I am going to give a little anecdote before we get into the hows, right? So at my former place of employment, which you guys <laughs> will find that a lot of the topics and a lot of the issues come from my former place of employment. It was a very interesting place. Those of you who have worked there or are still working there, y'all know that it's a real straight jungle up in that place. And But I guess I can say thank God for running me through that fire because I now have a lot of experience about workplace drama and workplace politics to share with you all today. So I am going to. So a couple of years ago. So I guess let me let me even backtrack and lay down, I guess, the um, lay, lay down the 
What do you say? How do you say this? I'm going to give you guys the skinny first and then I'll go into the story. So I started this place of employment in 2013. And so at this location, performance reviews, you know, when I first got there wasn't really a thing. So it was like, okay, you know, you'll meet with your supervisor. They'll tell you all the great things. They may tell you, you know, you have a couple of points of weaknesses, but, you know, we'll work on it. Things will get better over time. If you have any questions, just call me, pop into my office. That's it. And so these reviews would be sent to, you know, the main office or the corporate office. And it would just go in your file and that was that. Nobody was really doing anything with your review. Nobody was really taking your review to heart. If you were a total screw up, you would just get banished to the dungeon, which was a location where people were sent, the complaint room. And, you know, once you were sent there, it was very, very difficult for you to ever come out. Like there are people who were banished there and spent the rest of their career there or they've been there for like 10 years or whatever with no sight of like jumping out. So that's what they would just do. But you were sent to the complaint room permanently, like if you had totally screwed up or if they felt that you were just so incompetent that um, you just couldn't be among the land of the living. And so that's kind of what happened. But then a couple of years went by and then there was a new sheriff in town. A new sheriff took over. And this sheriff had a corporate, corporate background, not a government background. He came from a place where performance reviews meant something, meant you could be fired, meant you would not get a raise. Like it was a serious thing to get a poor performance review. So he took those things to heart. So I guess this was like a 2015 probably. Um, I was in my particular division. I had been there for a couple of years and I mean, it was okay. Again, interesting corporate, interesting office settings, right? But it was okay. I was learning. I was there for a purpose. So I've never had, I'm not a person who has issues with people. If I, if somebody has an issue with me, it's because that person has an issue with me. I, I tend to just not get involved. I tend to know my lane. You know, that's just how I am. I don't have energy for drama and my blood pressure. You know, I can't put my blood pressure at risk for drama with people. So I was just that person who kind of got along with everybody. I never had an issue. And that was the case up until there was an incident that took place on a case of mine. Now, last week we talked about lady bosses, female bosses and surviving them, right? Well, this, <laughs> that story was inspired by this same supervisor who tried to like give me a poor performance review based on a situation that was not my fault. Long story short, there was a case that was given to me and the case was way past due if that makes any sense to anybody. Pretty much it was a case that I really couldn't do anything with. The person, you know, the individuals or the victims were not cooperative and made it known that they really didn't want anything to do with this case because they never showed up for any of the meetings. There was always an excuse. And time was running out on this case. Like, it was well past due. And I'm a person that's, in, you know, I, I try to be very transparent with my opposing counsels. And everybody knew that this case was past due. And we tried to resolve it in a way that would be satisfactory, but you know, it just, just didn't happen. So the supervisor wanted me to do something that I interpreted to be unethical and something that would cause me to be crazy in the sight of the judge that I was going to appear before and my colleagues, to be very honest. And 
Anybody who's an attorney knows that your reputation is number one. The last thing you need is for people to be talking about you in these legal streets because the legal streets are very narrow. Everybody knows everybody or everybody knows somebody who knows you. And my name is is not um, it's not like Jennifer or Rebecca. It is a name where if you hear it, you're like, I know that person or I've heard of that person. There's no... <laughs> My name is not like mysterious or it's not like, you know, you'll know who, who I am if you hear my name or you'll at least be able to quickly identify me. And so I had to, rep, you know, protect my reputation. And what tends to happen when you're put in these pickles is that you have to identify the source of the individual who told you to do this craziness in the court part. And so for me, in order to protect my name and knowing how it goes in these court parts. You know, the judge is always asking, where is the supervisor? Call the supervisor. Who is the supervisor that authorized this? I made a note on my file because I didn't, I wasn't actually in the court part, but I made a note on my file to say, listen, here's what, here's what I was told to say. If this doesn't fly with the judge, then this is a, this was an author. This was authorized by my supervisor. That is basically what happened. Apparently, the supervisor, though, was very livid, very upset at the fact that I even invoked her existence on this file. But it's like you're the supervisor and you know how it goes. You know, once this is questioned as it will, they're going to ask for you. And I'm not going to be the one to be stupid because I told you that this was crazy. Either way. I bring that story up for, for a reason. Prior to this incident taking place, there was a performance review. And the office in general conducted the performance review as per usual under the old sheriff, right? But when the new sheriff came in town, he was like, hells no, everybody cannot be doing wonderful. Everybody cannot be exceeding expectations up in this place. You guys need to, re to redo the performance reviews. This was not the best move for me. Why? Because the incident took place after the first review, but before the request of the second, well, no, at the request of the second review. So what the supervisor did was change my review to basically reflect me in a negative light because she had, she now had an issue with me because I was not just going to be a regular employee and roll down and, you know, fall on swords for people. She was upset that I tried to protect myself and I did what any assistant would have done and decided that she wanted to sabotage me on my review. So <laughs> I remember going into the review at this point though, I had asked, so after she gave me, after she, she put in the review, I didn't see it yet, but because she was starting to like be a thorn in my side and she was literally persecuting me in this office, like little things that were never a thing, all of a sudden, uh, became issues for her. I requested a transfer. I requested a transfer for more than one reason. I didn't want to be in that uh, division anymore because I think I had like uh, kind of outgrown it. It really wasn't doing much for my growth. But 
but secondly, because this supervisor really was out to get me. And it was known that she was out to get me. And she's a shady person in general. Anybody who's really interacted with her, who's been on her receiving and knows it. So I requested a, a, a um, I had requested a transfer and I got the transfer. So at the time now that I'm going in for the review, I was going in for the review with you know, the old department because the new department loved me. They gave me great reviews for, you know, what they have observed so far. But because the bulk of the time was, um, you know, with this old department, I then had to go and do a review with the old department. So I sat with her and I'm looking at the review and I'm just like, this is such BS because I know that this is because you are petty and you're trying to like ruin my life. So she's going through it. And the sad part was, is, she tried to do this thing where, so we're going through certain sections and it says like, you know, meets, uh, meets expectations or slightly meets expectations or whatever. But this chick was in my face cause she was, she saw my reactions and she was just like, but you know, Rita, you know, you exceed expectations here. But it's like your word right now means nothing to me because what matters and everybody knows what matters is what's on the paper. So you telling me that you, I make, I, you know, girl, you know, you exceed expectations means nothing to me. And so I think, and so the thing with me too, is that I am, <laughs> I don't have a good poker face. I do not have a good poker face. I, my emotions are all over my face. So if something is jarring to me, I will roll my eyes. I will, you will know. And I'm not encouraging this behavior. I'm still working on me. But I remember at that time, there was one thing that she went over. I probably had the biggest eye roll ever. Like my eye roll was felt on the West Coast in California. Like that's how bad it was. And I think it was that eye roll that prompted her to be like, girl, you know, you exceed expectations. And so after that review... I was just like, wow, really? Like, this is not, this is not good. So I, what I did afterwards was, you know, I got upset. I got mad, but I didn't really, I didn't, aside from the eye roll, I didn't really convey um, my disappointment as much in the meeting because I knew that that wasn't necessarily the time or the place for it. So I took some time to process I spoke to a couple of my friends who were there, told them what happened. And they were like, girl, you need to make sure that you send a follow up email or something, request a meeting, you know, afterwards to discuss this review. The mistake that I made, though, I believe I signed it. I, so signing it, meaning, you know, you acknowledge or you accepted it. That was the one thing I wish I didn't do because I didn't agree with it. And so signing it was an acknowledgement that I did in a sense. So now. I think about a week goes by after I've processed, talked, you know, talked to my tribe, try to figure out what to do. I send an email highlighting each point that I, you know, took exception to of the, you know, with this, um, this performance review. And I let her know that I disagreed and I provided examples as to why she was wrong and basically why highlighting why you, my friend, were being petty with this review because you said that I didn't do this. But let me give you the 15 legitimate reasons as to why you're just coming up with BS right now. 
And the interesting part is I sent this email, but because the supervisor, remember we talked about these lady bosses from hell, how they have a lot of insecurities, right? They have a lot of insecurities and they have a lot of issues within themselves. What she did was she didn't respond to me right away because she didn't have enough backbone to do so because she knew what she did was wrong. Instead, she wanted to wait until she can get somebody with more backbone, somebody who bites, because there was another supervisor in that zone who, you know, we called the, the bulldog. So she wanted to wait for the bulldog to be available so that they could double team me because she knew she couldn't do it herself. And I recognized that. So I pushed back and I'm like, no, this other supervisor, first of all, was only around for 15 seconds. So therefore she's, and she's not even my immediate supervisor. So her being in the meeting that I'm requesting with you is, is not necessary. And I see what it is that you're doing. My conversation is with you. It's not with you and the bulldog. And so going back and forth, back and forth, she tried to delay. She tried to delay. And eventually the meeting never happened because she kept pushing it off. She kept because she did not want me to confront her because she knew she was wrong. And so that was that that was my story about because that was really the only performance review that I ever had an issue with. I've never had an issue with a performance review in my entire career, even working as intern and whatever the case is. That was the first one. And it was really grounded in pettiness. But I could have if I wasn't who I am and I wasn't if I wasn't insightful, if I wasn't you know, keen to the situation, I could have let that performance review really define who I am moving forward. And it wouldn't have been a great thing. It could have changed my, my persona in this particular workplace. I could have let it affect me to the point where it crippled me. And I know that you know, in other settings where these performance reviews might be even more rigorous, it does that to you. It can, it can cripple you. It can make you doubt your abilities. It could make you doubt why you even went into this particular profession. And so what I'm here to tell you is that, listen, performance reviews are just that. They're performance reviews. And sometimes they're grounded in pettiness and shadiness. And other times they're actually grounded in some sort of reality. It, you know, we're not all perfect and we're not all 100% when it comes to our job. And sometimes we have issues accepting criticism, whether it be constructive criticism or whatever, we have issues accepting it. And then instead of learning from these experiences, we want to take them to heart and then we end up sabotaging ourselves. And so how do you bounce back from a bad or dissatisfying review, right? Performance review. Well, the first thing is to keep the emotions out of it. And I stress that because if, you're, if you guys are like me, when I get to that emotional point, it's blackout season. Anybody can get it. I don't like, I don't even remember the things that I say. I don't get there often. It's very, I could probably count on my hands how many times I've gotten to that point, but I know what it's like to be there. And so you want to keep the emotions out because when you're emotional, you do things and you say things that you don't mean, and you can make things worse for you at this workplace. I know it hurts when you hear that you're not doing the best or you're not, you know, meeting the expectations, 
But you need to sit there. You sit there, you listen, you process what it is that this supervisor is telling you or this manager is telling you. Don't be like me. Don't roll your eyes. <laughs> um, you know, maintain your professionalism and your composure. Again, I'm still working on me because... I I can't control my face. I need to start controlling my face though, but you guys get the point. You know what I mean? You're in this meeting with them, with this manager, with the supervisor. Keep your composure. Even if it's a low-level supervisor who's really not, you know, doing anything, they're still your supervisor in title. So keep your composure, okay? Now, the next thing I would say is to after you've, you know, processed the information, you've allowed yourself to sit in your hurt or your disappointment, arrange for a sit-down meeting with the reviewer, with the supervisor or the manager. Arrange for a sit-down meeting to and seek clarification of the negative or weak points that were addressed in your, you know, in your performance review, you know? The review has already been submitted, right? It's already, I mean, there's no like, oh, let me take it back. Look what I did this week to improve. No, the review has been submitted. It's gone. It's over. At this point, what you need to do is seek clarification. Get a good understanding. Because sometimes you're probably like, well, I don't even know what I did wrong. Like, I don't even know how I would have done this better. Or I, you know, moving forward, I would still have done the same thing. You want to seek clarification. You want to seek an understanding of these weak points or negative points so that you don't repeat them. Each office has their own setting, their own way of doing things. You might have come from a place where how you did things was amazing, but then you go to a new job and that's not the case. And so you need to be able to understand why what you think you did great, you know, or what, what you think you did that was amazing is not amazing to this establishment. The next thing I would say the next point I would say is to empower yourselves with skills and information. So after you seek the clarification and the understanding from your supervisor or manager, now hone in on what it is that they're telling you. Empower yourself with the skills and information. If that means you need to start getting some books you know, on the particular field or in this particular weak point. Like, let's say negotiation is your weak point. They're like, listen, you're not our strongest negotiator and we need somebody, we need you to be better. We need you to improve in this field. There are a million books on negotiation. Get some books, do some tutorials, maybe even like ask a coworker to do a, who is strong in that suit to do like a mock negotiation session with you, but empower yourself with the skills, improve your skills, sharpen the skills that you have or, and in, or acquire skills that you don't have that you know are necessary to be amazing at your job. Now that you know that you have points of weaknesses, it's your opportunity now to turn those weaknesses into strengths. Okay. Now, the next point I would say kind of goes, actually it goes along with, 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 with the prior point of empower yourselves. Take the courses, attend workshops. There are seminars all over the place, continuing legal education courses, continuing education courses, period, that can assist you in obtaining 
you know, new skills, sharpening the skills that you already have. You know, there are blogs out there. There are articles out there. You know, just, you know, just think outside the box when it comes to sharpening and acquiring, sharpening skills and acquiring new skills. Because, you know, especially with technology, things are just moving fast. People are not doing things the old way anymore. And if you can, on top of sharpening and enhancing your skills, you know, be a little more creative in your approach. You know, supervisors and managers, they love that. They love to see somebody who's forward thinking. They love to be see somebody who's innovative. Is there a new way that we can save this corporation money? Is there a new way that I can argue this case that will be successful? You know, try to step out of the box and be creative. Um, show your supervisors that you not only took the information that they gave, Um, But you kind of turned it into something even better. So you didn't just enhance. You didn't just sharpen your skills. Now you're on a whole new like wavelength with this creativity and you're taking initiative and you're really, you know, stepping into your role. Right. The next point I would say is put in hours, put in extra time, go the extra mile. Right. Do what you need to do to show them. To You need to be able to also show the supervisors and the managers that you are taking your job seriously that, and, and that you are not letting this performance review define you. You are not letting it put you down. You are not just trying to do the bare minimum just to meet the expectations and just to like, all right, check, I, I worked on this. You want to show that you are willing to go the extra mile by actually going the extra mile, staying late if you have to, coming in early if you need to, just to show them that, listen, I really want to be here and I heard what you said and I'm now, you know, I am doing what I need to do to show you guys that I am a part of this team, okay? The next point I would say is don't start thinking about leaving your job. Don't jump ship. A lot of times... We come out of these performance reviews like, man, we suck. This, this sucks. You know, they think I'm trash. Now I feel like trash. You know, now they have a target against me because they told me that I didn't meet expectations that I'm weak in these areas. They got a target on my back now. I need to jump ship. And so many of us start the frenzy of looking for new work instead of taking the criticism and turning the water into wine, right? And tur- like turning the negativity into, the, into positivity. Because again, we don't always know everything. If they highlighted a weak point, that might legitimately be a weak point that we probably didn't know we were weak in because we were just like, well, I'm amazing. I'm great. And you, I could do no wrong. You know, these performance reviews are not always there to tear you down. Although some managers still need to learn how to talk to people and how to convey information to people. I'm not saying that that doesn't exist in the workplace. But at the end of the day, the information that they're giving you, although the delivery might be horrible, might actually be accurate. And so instead of thinking, let me leave this place, think about how can I make myself better here? Now, after you've made yourself better, if you feel like the culture and the environment and the work is just not for you after you've, you know, done what you needed to do, then yes, leave. But don't let the performance review be the reason why you jump ship. Okay. The 
Last point I guess I will make is make small goals and stick to them. So you got this review. You have like a list of 15 things that you need to work on. You're like, oh my gosh, overwhelmed. You're not going to tackle everything at one time. And don't try to do it. Do not try to tackle everything at one time because you're going to drive yourself crazy and you're going to screw up. You're going to screw up because some of the points that you need to fix and that you need to improve are going to require some time and some energy, some research even. So make small goals and stick to them. For the month of March, I'm going to work on these two things. I triaged, you know, the list and I've prioritized that these two points are the most important for me to work on now because it's probably, you know, more essential for me or is an essential function of my job duty. So I need to really work on these two things. Do that. Work on these two things. Research on how to do better. Talk to your colleagues. Talk to the supervisor. Be like, hey, last month we had the review. You told me I needed to work on X, Y, and Z. This is what I'm thinking so far, but how would you do it? Could you give me some insight? You know what I mean? Talk to the supervisor that gave you the review. Find out what it is that they, you know, really want you to do. Like check in with them. So after you get that clarification, check in with them in the next month. Hey, I've been working on these two points. This is where I am so far. How have you seen, you know, have you seen an improvement? in my work product, you know, since the review? And if not, what do you still think I need? Like, what am I missing here? You know, we can't be afraid to have these conversations. You know what I mean? And again, if you're in a setting where your boss is crazy and they might not actually be great bosses and so therefore going to them for feedback is like a no-no, find a senior assistant, find a senior employee, find another manager, Remember last week when we were talking about make nice with other senior professionals when your immediate supervisor is crazy? This is this is another instance where you would employ that tactic. Okay, so again, at the end of the day, performance reviews are necessary because you there needs to be a measure of your work product of your skill set. Right. And. You know, the goals of these meetings is not to make you feel good. You know, unless you're a rock star and your supervisor or manager is like, listen, again, you're killing it. Great. Okay. But the goal of these meetings is not always to make you feel good. It's to make you better at your job. That is really the goal. You want to be better. And sometimes you have to go through the fire to be better. And so I think if you have that mindset when you are going through your performance review or afterwards when you're reflecting on what just took place, understand that the goal, whether the supervisor is trying to elevate you or not, because the supervisor might still be coming to get you. But at the end of the day, sit and listen to the criticism, listen to the comments and understand that it's for you to be better. It might not, you know, maybe you won't shine at this job, but you will take that constructive criticism and you will shine somewhere else after you've tried to figure it out. Remember, don't jump ship. (laughs) But, you know, that's the point of these reviews. It's not always going to be, it's not always going to be an amazing glowing review. We all have things to work on. And so I think if you guys approach it like that, it will make that process much easier. And, you know, it'll make that process much easier for you. You'll have a better time swallowing that pill. So hopefully. Hopefully this uh, talk was um, was 
I'm having such a brain fart today. <laughs> Hopefully this talk is useful to you all as you guys are approaching your performance review season. I wish you luck on those of you who have not received your performance reviews. I hope that you guys get the uh, constructive criticism that you need. And that is a wrap for this episode of Frida's World Podcast. Again, if you guys have any show topics, if you guys want to be guests on the Frida's World Podcast, send me an email at Rita, R-I-T-H-A, at Frida, F-R-E-E-D-A, womennyc.com. Or to make things easier, you can just send me an email at Frida'sWorld at gmail.com. And follow us, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, guys, at Frida Women NYC. And subscribe. Guys, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We are now on various platforms. If you guys are not following me on social media, you that's why you don't know this but we are now on multiple platforms we are on google play we are on spotify we are on tune in we are on i or apple podcast we are on <coughs> sorry soundcloud and we are on stitcher so there are multiple platforms so if there's one that's of a preference for you you don't have to stick to SoundCloud and iTunes anymore. You now have a variety of platforms that you could tune in. So please tune in, subscribe, leave a comment, let me know how I'm doing, and share, share, share. In order for us to be at the top of the charts, we need to share. We need to let the world know. So do me a favor as your sister. Or bro, I don't know, as your sister. Because <laughs> I feel like it's, I guess, yeah, as your sister. Guys, it's a, it's a hard morning. Um, <laughs> help me out here and share the podcast with everybody you know. And with that being said, have a good week, everyone. It's Frida's world. Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you f*** with future, that's clash it. It's Frida's world.